The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. Well, I got to tell you, even though today is only November 5th, uh, it feels like Christmas to me already. How many of you, you get a little bit bugged when it's all Christmassy before Thanksgiving even comes? Okay, me. Now, we're going to save you from that today because there's no decorations and there's no Christmas carols, okay? But it still feels like Christmas to me because we get to open some of the greatest gifts God has given us. Really what we're opening is the gift of the sacraments. The gift of the sacraments. Now for some of you, I just lost you. I just lost you because when you think of church sacraments, you might think of... um, what feels like weird traditionalism or kind of stuff when Christians just go through the motions. Um, Sometimes when you're doing sacraments in a service, you're like, is this over yet? Um, It feels strange. You know what, that's not the way it's supposed to feel. Uh, Jesus gave his church, uh, we believe, these two sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Um, And if if we were able to... uh, really taste what they're supposed to be like, I don't think there'd be a dry eye in the room. Uh, There wouldn't be a cold heart in the room. You'd be filled with uh, just joy and peace and love like you couldn't imagine. Um, It would be sweet and precious to you. It would be a great and an awesome gift. And so uh, my, my title for my hopefully short enough message this morning is The Sweetness of the Sacraments. The sweetness of the sacraments. So here's what I'm hoping for. If you're a Christian, if you've trusted your life to Jesus, I want you to, uh, as as the psalmist says, I want you to taste and see again. You know, you can know honey sweet, then you can uh, taste it. I want you to taste and see again why the sacraments are so sweet. I want you to go, oh, it was a gift. What a gift. And then also, if you're not a Christian today, listen, we are so glad you're here. We are really happy you're here. You are most welcome to be here with us. Uh, If you're not a Christian, I I would just love it if you kind of understood why we do this. You kind of looking from the outside in. Why why do they do this all the time? It seems like a weird birthday party sometimes. Um, If you're, okay, I get get it now. I get what they're looking at now. And of course, I won't lie. I would love for it to kind of tantalize you to be like, I want that too. I want that too. So, That's what we're going to do. Look at uh, the sweetness of the sacraments. We're looking at them um, as a gift from Jesus. And so because we're looking at them as a gift, that's how I want to structure the message. Uh, Anybody ever do Amazon Prime? I'm in love with Amazon Prime, okay? And if you get a package from Amazon Prime, especially if it's a Christmas present, there's really three steps. Number one, you need like a chainsaw to get through the packaging, right? (laughs) Unpackage it. And then once you're in there, pass the... uh, that's the exoskeleton of this thing. Then you get the present. Maybe they gift wrapped it for you. So you unpack it, then you unwrap it. And then finally you get to enjoy it. That's what, that's what I want to try to do. A little bounce off our text from Colossians today. Um, unpack the sacraments. Unwrap the gift. And enjoy it. And then we'll enjoy it together as these groups of people come up for us. Okay? So let's first unpack it. Let me get really theological with you here for a second. Anybody know, how would you define a sacrament theologically? What would you call this thing? What did he just ask me, right? Um, Theologians would say it's a sign and seal 
of an inward reality. Just suck on that for a second. A sign and seal of an inward reality. Okay, let's, let's just do it like this. First of all, sign. What is a sign? Anybody like road trips? You're driving, you see a green mermaid. What does that say to you? It's coffee time. Starbucks. If you're on a budget and you see the golden arches, what does that tell you? Coffee my price time, right? <laughs> it's coffee my price. Those are signs, they're identifiers. It's identifiers. Hey, this is what's up. This is what's over here. When you look at baptism and the, and the Lord's Supper, these are signs saying, hey, Jesus is up in here. Jesus is here. We're about him and who he is and what he's done. We're supposed to see him. And we're going to see cute babies today. Yes. And we're going to see my beautiful daughter. She's overwhelmingly beautiful. We're going to see our great friend, the beautiful Meg, and there she's going to come up here. Uh, but really, what's the attention when the sacraments are around? It's a sign. Who's here? Jesus is here. We are looking at him. It's a sign. It's also a seal. So old world, you send a letter. This would be cool if we did this today. Do you guys remember what letters are? No, you don't type them and hit send. Okay? Paper, remember? Ink. Uh, and then you might fold it, and then if you had some hot wax, you'd pour that out on the letter, and then you'd, if you were a king or something, you'd stamp your emblem on there, and you sealed that thing shut, so it's got your name on it, but it's also, it's also closed up. It's kept. It's preserving. So when, when sacraments are a seal, it's, it's, a, it's keeping you. It's holding you in. So it's not just an identifier, it's a preserver. It's keeping you in. And so when we see these sacraments, baptism, the Lord's Supper, it's not only saying, hey, Jesus is here, an identifier. It's Jesus saying to us, you're mine. I'm keeping you. Sacraments are a sign and a seal of an inward reality. An inward reality. Oh, that's, that's kind of distant language. Well, what, what, is, what is this? Anybody know what this is? This is a wedding ring, okay? And um, it's kind of a sign, right? What does it say? Yo, I'm married, okay? Uh, I'm married. It's an identifier. I belong to someone else. It's also a, a little bit of a seal. Um, it's preserving. It says, um, there's somebody who, who likes me, right, baby? Who, who... <laughs> there's, there's somebody who wants me to stay around, there's somebody I belong to. It's a preserver, and it's a sign and a seal of an inward reality, an inward reality. So, here, like, there's nothing, I have no magic powers. There's, there's, no, there's nothing magic in the water, okay? And this ring is not my marriage. Uh, I've lost wedding rings before. Um, sorry, right? But it's not my marriage. I'm still married without this, but this is a sign, that I'm married. And, and, it, and it tells a greater story too, right? If, if you sat and thought about it, you're like, well, he's got a wedding ring on. That means he met somebody once and uh, they fell in love and they made promises to one another and now they're keeping those promises. They, they live together. There's a life they share together. And the wedding ring wraps all that up, right? He's married. Look, he belongs to somebody. There's a story. So that's the sacrament being a seal of an inward reality these are identifiers. Hey, they're about Jesus and who he is and what he's done. They're preservers. He's keeping us for himself, and it's telling the story of who we are in him. 
It's telling the story of what we have in him. That's why it's not meant to be boring at all. Like, it's supposed to be very sweet because we're remembering the true story of what we have. So that's, that's, the, that's unpacking this thing, okay? What is this? Sign and seal of an inward reality. Um, it's, it's, an, it's an identifier. It's a it's preserver. And it's telling a story about this person we have. And that, that leads us now to the unwrapping of the present. What is the present that we have in the sacraments? And I just want, if you can, if, you, if you've got your Bible in front of you, uh, again, we're on page 984 if you're in the chair Bible, I just want you to see um, a little bit of what's going on in Colossians 2. Uh, super brief background. This church seemed to be getting kind of superstitious in, in about what made them right with God. They seem to be getting kind of superstitious in about things they had to do to be good people. And Paul wants to jerk them back to life, wake them up and say, listen, it's all about the preeminence, the beauty, the supremacy of who Jesus is. The person of Jesus. Look at him again. He's enough. He's everything. He's it. He's, he's the whole the whole thing is the person of Jesus. And so he's, he's getting them to, uh, to look at Jesus again. And as we heard, you've got words like circumcision and baptism kind of meshed together in here. I'm not going to spend time going on about circumcision this morning, okay? You're welcome. Um, just put it in your pocket like this. It was the pre-Jesus sacrament, sign and seal of an inward reality, Okay? Pre-Jesus sacrament. The post-Jesus sacrament now that replaces circumcision is baptism. And I hope you're familiar enough with the imagery. Person goes into water, gets wet. Person dries off, gets dry, and there's a story there. There's a story. So just cast your eyes with me, will you? Um, Chapter 2. Verses 9 to 14. I want you to be investigators with me and and look for some prepositions. Look for prepositions. Uh, I was reminded this week, Paul never calls Christians Christians, I don't think, in any of his epistles. It's never the title he uses. Have you ever noticed that? What he calls these weird people, um, us, is uh, he uses a preposition and he says, in Christ, in Christ, which is a very strange way to talk for you and me regarding our relationships. A very strange way to talk. And I want you to, I want you to kind of see this with me in this text. So I'm gonna just, if you would, just follow along with me. Let's, uh, let's teach each other. Just look for him. Anything in him, with him. So verse nine. For what? In him, that's Jesus. The whole fullness of deity dwells bodily And you have been, what? Filled in him who's the head of all rule and authority. Verse 11, first two words. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of the flesh. It's like the flesh there is your selfish inclination, making it all about you. Verse 12. Having been buried, what? With him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses, the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together, what? With him, 
having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. You guys, six verses and six times Paul either says with him or in him. Um, scholars say you, you can't get through a chapter of anything Paul wrote without getting this. In him, with him. The, the present here, the beauty, the treasure of the sacraments is our connection with this person. Who is it? It's the Lord Jesus. Back up to verse nine, an amazing, an amazing claim. Verse nine, in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. What a claim. What a claim. And can you imagine if one of your friends said, hey, did you know I am the fullness of deity in bodily form? Now, I know some of your friends act like that sometimes. None of your friends do that? Um, but re- very rarely will anyone say it. The fullness of deity in bodily form. Jesus claimed to be equal with the Father. I mean, what kind of, what kind of resume do you need to pull out after that when you claim to be fully God? What would, you need to, what would you need to see if you even entertain the idea that it might be possible? What would you need to see from that person that they were fully God? Read those gospels and look at Jesus. You wanna see God in the flesh? There it is, there's the picture. And you'll be blown away by what you see. First of all, you see kindness, kindness like you've never seen anywhere else. The lepers of that day, uh, a skin disease, if you touch it, you catch it. You're ostracized, we don't wanna see you. We don't wanna, we don't wanna know you're there. We, we don't want you near. They come up to Jesus and he touches them. Kindness. All the people groups that were, that were um, disavowed and, and seen as trash, whether it would be ethnically in the Samaritans or, or whether it would be behaviorally in the people who had really you know, nasty paths or whether it would be um, with sicknesses, anything that would push somebody to the curb and say, you're not valuable, that's the person Jesus would be right up with. Receive it. You'd be amazed by his kindness. You'd also be amazed by the wisdom of his teaching. Highest ethical teaching you'll find on the face of the planet. Um, such commands about love and peacemaking and forgiving. Uh, nobody like Jesus but not only that, it's his strength. It's his strength. I don't know what you believe about the supernatural world, but uh, when evil spirits are around Jesus, they hit their face in front of him. He casts them out, they flee. He's strong. Uh, when there's a storm that's in the way of what Jesus is doing, Jesus rebukes it, and it stops. Um, moreover, he predicted his death and resurrection and then did it. I think that's the kicker for me. I'm God, how do you know? Uh, the Romans are gonna crucify me three days, I'll wake up again and walk around, talk to you. Bet, good enough for you? All right, he does it. All this lands, he's the eternal son of God. He's the eternal son of God, he's the one through whom everything was made. It was made. If you look at Colossians chapter one, read that maybe on your own time. Colossians one, starting about in verse 15. Read about the supremacy, the excellence, the beauty of Jesus. He's eternally God, he's in the flesh, and he's come for us. 
He lived a perfect life we couldn't live. We've, bro- we've broken not only God's law, our own law. He lived a perfect life, pleasing to God the Father. He died on a cross for our sins, and I got sins, I can't make it right. Jesus makes it right for me. He rose from the dead in victory. He reigns, he's coming back. It's that person we're talking about. And what is Paul saying again that we have? In him, with him, in him, with him. Through faith, we get united to Christ so that, here's the baptism, right? Our old life of selfishness, rebellion, ugliness, brokenness, that thing died with him on the cross. And we're so united to him that that coming out, that drying off, new life, belonging to God as a child of God, totally forgiven. Did you see it at the end of Colossians 2.14? For those who trust in Christ, God has canceled the record of debt against them, nailed it to the cross. I mean, have you ever had a moment of honesty when you think about everything you've thought and you've done and you've said and you're like, I won't be good enough to stand before God. And to realize, to take this verse and to know that God has nailed that record of debt to the cross. All of your sins, they they died on the cross with Jesus. They're paid for. It's over. It's forgiven. And you're raised to new life in him, in him, with him. Do you see what baptism is showing us? It's a sign and seal of an inward reality that I am connected and belong to Jesus. And all that he has and everything he is, it's mine and I'm his. And if you have any esteem for Jesus at all, what could be a greater gift than that? And so when we do a baptism, look, you don't do baptisms by yourself in the shower, right? You do baptisms with the church because every time somebody gets baptized in the name of Jesus, it's not just that person that's getting baptized. We're saying together, we've all been baptized, which means we all have Jesus and he's our life. So baptism, that present, is, that present, that gift, is new life in the person of Jesus. Okay, what about the Lord's Supper? I want you, uh, it's not in this text. I want you to look just real briefly with me at Matthew 26. Just remember what Jesus said there. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed, blessing it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. There's a lot going on here, uh, but just to melt it down real simply, as they celebrate this Passover, which reminds them of the lamb slain to pay for the sins of the people, Jesus breaks the bread and said, this is, what is it? This is me somehow. I'm broken for you. And then what does he tell you to do with it? Eat it. Why has he made the first sacrament water that touches our skin that we see all together with everybody? And the second sacrament is food that we put in our mouths, that we chew, that we swallow. What does food do for you? It it, it sustains your life. It sustains your life. And he says, drink This juice is the blood that was shed for you. You drink it, you ingest it, it becomes part of you. What are we saying as we take the sacrament? We're saying that Jesus' life and death on the cross sustains our very lives right now. And what are we remembering? His love. We're remembering his love. Paul said this in Galatians 2. 
I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. He could have said loves, present tense. He said loved, past tense. What is he looking to? What is he thinking about all the time? Jesus gave himself for me. Jesus gave himself for me. Has that landed for you? Do you know you personally, your name, first name, last name, your past, your story, do you know that Jesus died for you because he, the creator of the world, loves you? You. Even with your mess, your problems, you. That's what the sacrament is reminding us I'll quote, for you, quote to you from the Heidelberg Catechism. Only the super theology uh, people in, the room have heard, in this room have heard of that. But they're, they're trying to explain the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. I wanna read it to you, see what you think. It says, Christ has commanded me and all believers to eat of this broken bread and drink of this cup in remembrance of him. With this command, he gave these promises. First, as surely as I see with my eyes the bread of the Lord broken for me and the cup given to me, so surely was his body offered for me and his blood poured out for me on the cross. Second, as surely as I receive and taste with my mouth the bread and the cup of the Lord as sure signs of Christ's body and blood, so surely does he himself nourish and refresh my soul to everlasting life with his crucified body and shed blood. Uh, Pastor Kevin DeYoung wrote this about that catechism. Listen to what he says. Have you ever come to church feeling dirty and rotten? Have you ever sat through an entire sermon thinking about how you blew it with your wife that morning or how prayerless you've been for the past month? Have you ever gotten to the end of a church service only to think, I'm so distracted, I was worried about how I look. I can't even sit through church right. Have you ever wondered if God can really love you? If so, you need this gospel table. The Lord knows our faith is weak. That's why he's given us sacraments to see, to taste, to touch. And surely as you see the bread and cup, so surely does God love you through Christ. And surely as you chew the food and drink the drink, so surely as Christ died for you. Here at the table, the faith becomes sight. The simple bread and cup give assurance that Christ came for you Christ died for you. Christ is coming again for you. What a gift. We belong to Jesus. New life in him, in baptism, sustained life with him through the Lord's Supper to strengthen our weak faith, to see it, to touch it, to taste it. So we've unpacked it. Sacraments, a sign and a seal of an inward reality, that story we have of who we are in Jesus. We've unwrapped it. The beauty of these sacraments is the person of Jesus and our connection with him. How do you enjoy it? How do you enjoy it? Well, in Colossians 2, verse 12, Paul said, we've been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. You enjoy it through Faith. Now, what's faith? 
And in our modern day, sometimes we use the word faith to mean like put a blindfold on and just jump and hope something good happens to you, you know? You ever bought a lottery ticket? That's faith in that sense, right? Uh, You heard the commercials, it's nearly unethical. Believe in something bigger. (coughs) Buy a lottery ticket. You have a better chance of being eaten by a shark in Kansas. That is not the faith. That is not what we're talking about with this kind of faith. This faith is based on the historical evidence of who Jesus is and what he's done and the trail of his people that we have for 2,000 years. If you're skeptical on this, please explain to me the rise of the church within persecution without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You will not be able to do it in a rational or cogent way. He's the only explanation. And so when we have faith, we are believing promises. That's what we're doing. If my kid was up in a tree and couldn't get, couldn't get down and I said, baby, jump. She's not just hearing a voice of somebody not there and there's nobody underneath. No, I'm standing there with my arms out and I'm saying, jump. And faith is her saying, I trust that you are both kind enough and strong enough to catch me when I fall. That's what we're doing here. We're saying, Jesus, I'm not enough before God without you, and I'm trusting you like you've promised that if I believe in you and I repent and turn on my selfishness and my saving myself and my inventing myself, if I look to you and surrender to you, everything you are is for me. You're gonna catch me. Your life for mine, your death for mine, your resurrection to make me a child of God. That's faith. And so when, you, when we sit here together, uh, and we say, yeah, these, ba- these, these sacraments, signs and seals of, of this story, the inward reality, who I have in Christ, we're just, we're just believing him at his word. We're just trusting that what he said is true. We're just saying, all right, the apostle said these verses, that when we, when we look at baptism, in and with Jesus, then we, when we eat this bread, when we drink this juice, he loves me, he died for me, it's my life. That's what we're saying. Celebrate it by faith. So if you're a believer here today, hey, root these folks on as they come up. Uh, give them courage. But, but don't just watch them. This is your story. This is your story. It's our story. It's our baptism. It's our supper. And if you're just listening in, you're not sure what you think about Christianity, I hope you at least hear what we're trying to be about. There's nobody here who thinks we're better than them. Uh, if we're honest about Christianity, we're as bad as anybody else um, or worse We're here because we need this perfect person, the only perfect person who ever was, Jesus Christ, and we're celebrating what we have in him and his love. Does that make sense? All right, I'm gonna pray. Enough of me. I'm gonna pray, and then I'll invite up. First, first we'll bring up the Bransmas, and we'll baptize that cute little boy. But let's pray, and then we'll, we'll get on with our sacraments. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to us, and we thank you that you don't just forgive us and then sit us in the corner, or you, just, you don't just treat us as uh, secondhand citizens, but you unite us to the person of Jesus, um, and we're saved from our sins. We're given new identity as children of God, and we have him as our friend, uh, our savior, our king. Uh, Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for the gift of the sacraments where we can taste and see again who we are in you and what you've done for us. Lord, I pray that that would 
um, that would nail down into the heart of every person in here. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com.